0: Welcome friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author, Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of LifeWay, and David Kinnaman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast.
1: Hello, this is Mike Taylor with Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship uh, out of the Northwest region. Um, We're certainly glad you're here today. We're going to have an interesting topic today because we are still interested in protecting our churches and and helping our churches to do a great job in disciple making you know disciple making happens all throughout the building it happens at the uh in the preschool room it happens in the student area it happens in the sunday school classes it happens in the worship service and we can have all of those things going on simultaneously or separately uh just depending on the church and we want to make sure we're just protecting our churches and do it protecting our folks during uh, our Sunday morning, Sunday night or Wednesday night experience or whatever night it might be so just having a plan for that and. And we're going to be diving into this in greater detail coming up in our our spark conference coming up in August, we encourage you to be. Be involved in that and, co- and connecting with that and getting online coming up uh, next month or in, in August, so make sure you're doing that and, and and making sure we're involved in learning and growing together through spark. Well, Ben, I'm glad you're with us today, and you are you are with our security uh, management in our in our office uh, there in Duluth. But you're also out helping churches and serving churches around the state of Georgia in regard to security. And I just want to kind of think about where we are with that right now, because um, you know we've come through COVID, and it's been a difficult time, and. A lot of folks have changed churches and moving around, and we got a lot of new faces in the building now, and uh, and trying to learn and help our security folks to understand that. But you know, why is it more important today with church security than it was several months ago or years ago?
2: Hey, Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for having me today. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, you know, as as we go to church on Sunday. We always want to feel like we're able to worship safely and we want to encourage worship and learning, right? And people simply put will not come to a church if they don't feel they're safe and that their children aren't safe. So as people are starting to uh, come back out of this pandemic and, you know, there's been jobs lost and uh, domestic violence uh, is on the rise and mental illness is on the rise, people come to churches looking for help. And if they don't get that help, a lot of times they they can turn kind of violent and uh, get upset and get agitated and irritated. And what easier place to cause a crisis than in a church, right? Because people a lot of times are non-confrontational and they're accepting, and then we let folks into our doors whose intent is to cause some kind of crisis. And before we know it, we're in the middle of some kind of major issue, right? And so that's kind of where we're at. People are coming back, groups are uh, getting bigger in our churches. And, um, you know, we just, we've got to be creative when protecting our congregations.
1: Thank you, Ben. You know, um, just, just thinking, I'm sure, uh, some of our folks that are online right now with us are, they have, uh, uh, dealing with security and how they do security, their process and everything. I would encourage you to put that in the chat right now. If you're, um, if you've got a process or a way you go about security in your church, uh, we'd like to know that. And the others on the chat today would like to know that And you win some swag too, just by being on the chat today. So we encourage you to, uh, to To post that right now and tell us where you're where you're coming from and uh, where your church is located as well. Now, now, Ben, what are some of the effects of um, um, what What are some of the effects of someone coming into your church and causing a crisis in your church? What What's the ramifications of that?
2: Yeah. So it's earlier you spoke on discipleship. You know, we're building disciples. We're training the next generation of disciples, and. If somebody comes in and causes a crisis in your church and you know shoots and kills or hurts somebody like that simply put people are not going to come back to that church you know so we have to we have to uh, make sure that our future generations and our current generations have the ability to to build those disciples and to train and to get them ready to go out and spread the news right to spread the good word and people just won't do that. They'll go to a different church if they don't feel safe in the church that they're currently going to. Wow.
1: Well, you know, Ben, it, we want to draw attention to our church. And I was just thinking, and we we do a lot. We put ourselves out on the internet. We put ourselves, we fix up our building. We'll put a sign out by the road. We do all these things to draw attention to our church. But we certainly don't want to be drawing attention to our church for the wrong reasons. Right. And that, that would be huge to put your church in the media and and all those kinds of things. Uh, And, and we just want to avoid that altogether. Now, you know, in Georgia, Ben, we've got um, some, uh, some things that have been going on in regards to gun laws and changes that are going on. And, and we need to just do a good job of, of knowing what needs to be happening in our church and having our security folks aware of the laws, and aware of the situations going on uh, in the building too. Just a good knowledge of those things, and I think your training coming up in Spark is going to really, really help us with that. Um, how are we preparing our churches uh, so that they can mitigate an active attack? How how are we going to be helping them?
2: So um, so right now, uh, I am traveling the state, the seminars, security seminars regionally. Uh, back last year before the pandemic hit, I was trying to go and, and visit these individual churches, but I'm a single man ministry, right? So when I have 50 or 60 or 70 churches that are calling for help, it gets to be overwhelming and, and I just I don't have the time that I can dedicate to each individual church. So with, with those regional seminars, uh, it's about a three-hour training session. And I usually pick somewhere in the north and the south of each individual region. And if there's a need of a place that I can't quite get to, maybe it's in the middle of, say, the southeast region, which is pretty large. You know, uh, I was called and asked to do a seminar in the Baxley area because I did one in Tifton and I did one in Savannah. But you know, Baxley's kind of far away from all those areas. So uh, come to the training. Um, in, in the training, i discussed specifically about how to leverage your volunteers, uh, a lot of false security is put into having a uniformed police officer on your property during service, which is a, a great thing. Uh, we don't do enough for our police officers, but when a threat happens on your property, that police officer is going to go to that threat. So you have the rest of the church. That you need to deal with and that you need to protect, whether it's the congregation or the children's area or whatever that looks like. So we can have cameras and access control and all these different types of uh, electrical type um, mitigation things that we can use, but it all comes back to the human dynamic. How are we leveraging our volunteers in order to be part of the security team so that they can help protect the church? Um, And we need to really focus on, you know, the, the early, the, the younger generations, the 20s and 30s and 40 somethings, you know, get those guys involved, talk to them about how important it is to be part of this ministry, and then also mix your team with females and males, because females have a very important role in all this. So, um, coming to the training, leveraging your volunteers, um, finding the people that, have the right type of abilities to be able to be part of something that's so important right um what we essentially want to do is make our churches a hard target we want somebody to come look at our church and say they have their stuff together um they look like they're a secure church let me move on because one thing that we don't think about a lot is what changes hands every sunday tithes and offerings and what are we doing with those tithes and offerings well, ninety percent of the churches I've been in have, have they counted at the same time in the same room, by the same people, and it's taken to the bank by the little old lady that's on staff during the week. And you know, we have to be good stewards of those times and all things. and that, that's really an easy target on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. So those are just things that we need to think about. There's so much involved in it, and it's it's not just responding to an active attack or an active shooter. My training is specific because I I deal with how to identify somebody that potentially could be coming in to cause harm based off of behaviors and indicators, how their body language uh, is telling you what their intent is, how they carry themselves, where they sit, what the indicators are, just a bunch of different stuff. So getting yourself in some training, committing to a program and coming up with a plan that's where you need to start and I can help you with all that. That's what my job is and I want to
1: do that. Okay, and I think we, we can stick this on the chat right now. Um just um you know to let you know where these next uh seminars are going to be around the state and you can connect with one of those or also make sure you're coming to the Spark conference as well. You know Ben, you were saying you were, what you were just saying and I was thinking back to my church and I was just happened to be at my church Sunday and it's a larger church and uh, we have a police officer, but I was thinking about him. Uh, he was out directing traffic when we had tons of people in the building as well. So thinking that police officer being on site and he does come on site and is in the lobby and in different places, but at the same time, they're out there. And, uh, and also we have ladies that are involved in our security team as well. And, and what's interesting is, is, I don't fully know who those people are, but I'm certainly glad they're there. And I know that we have, a, have something in place. Uh, you know, one of the things that we want to make sure we're doing, Ben, when it comes to um, our church security and the fact that firearms may be present uh, on the person of certain people in the building, we need to understand what the gun laws pertain, how the gun laws pertain to that and uh, how those are playing a role today in church security. What, what What's going on with that? Because we don't want anybody just in, being there blatantly legal and doing something they shouldn't be doing themselves with the law.
2: Right. So a lot of the churches that I go into uh, either haven't read the law or don't fully understand the law or have given the wrong information. So House Bill 60, uh, the Guns Everywhere law here in Georgia, It's very specific about what it says about places of worship, And I'm going to talk about that in my SPARK video and and the steps that you need to take in order to be legal, because it's not just simply voting to be able to carry a a weapon. It's insurance and operation procedures, emergency response plans. Because if a crisis does happen and uh, you do have the insurance and the a yeah, civil liability that uh, lawyers that come in, one of the first things they're going to ask for is what are your operating procedures? What is your response plan? How did you do your training and how do your weapons fit into all of this? So a lot of churches across the state will say, well, if we just ignore it, we won't have to deal with it. But one of the, the unique things that you need to think about is as a church, if you ask somebody, to carry a weapon? Are you knowingly uh, let somebody carry weapons in your church and a crisis kicks off and that person you know, may shoot somebody, for example? It has just become the responsibility of the church because you, as a staff member or as a pastor, knowingly allowed somebody to carry your weapon or carry their weapon. So I'm going to go through the law, House Bill 60, what it says, and then what is required in order for you to be legal. And how also there's a a OCGA 16321 that states that every Georgia resident has the the ability to protect themselves and the lives of others. So how that fits into the criminal liability versus the civil liability. So we're gonna talk about all that. And I just wanna make sure that everybody is legal, whether you decide to carry weapons or not, uh, statistically about 10% of your congregation is going to carry regardless of what you vote. But, um, I have all of that information already prepared. I have operating procedures and emergency response plans to give to the churches so that they're not recreating the will. Uh, cause a lot of times that's one of the hardest things that I see is just simply getting started with building these documents. I have all that already done for you. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Georgia gun law is, is very important. And um, we just, again, need to make sure that that our churches are doing the right thing and that they're, they're
1: legal. You know, Ben, I was just, just thinking that um, this is a lot more complicated than Barney Fife for the bullet in his pocket. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we understand what our laws are here and how they can help us uh, in our church security and uh, just to know where we stand. And I think knowledge is huge here. And I certainly appreciate what you do and how you're helping churches all over Georgia with these very important issues uh, and protecting our folks so that we can do a better job and knowing we're secure in making disciples in our facilities. And uh, whether it be Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, whatever it might be. But uh, I'm just grateful that you're around the state doing this and that you're helping churches and that you're helping helping us with spark and your own all going to be there and and it's just in a very important time uh, in the life of our churches as all these new faces many times are coming into our buildings and we need to be able to be sensitive to that and to be helpful to help those folks not only feel secure but to recognize a face that we might need to be more concerned about and uh we're grateful for your ministry and what you do, and uh, we're grateful for all of you for turning in, t- tuning in today and being a part of uh, uh, what we're doing, and I encourage you to share this with others uh, that you know might be interested and just carry this forward so that we can uh, continue to do a better job of making disciples throughout Georgia. And I want to thank uh, Ray Sullivan today for being our producer. He's uh, the wonderful discipleship guy in the Southeastern region. And uh, Ray, we appreciate all you do.
0: Thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist Discipleship Podcast. And we want to give you a gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash The number five, discipleshipshifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five, discipleshipshifts.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship. The number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleshipshifts.com. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptist to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church visit gabaptist.org forward slash discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world-impacting disciple-makers.